I've I've never seen someone do that on stage. Have you like lose it? Just completely. Oh, I've been that person. Oh, you have. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I love karaoke. People, it's it's really deeply rooted in me losing lines in the middle of a scene and just being completely lost and being like staring at lights and then like having a moment and then mumbling some words and okay. then having to figure out where I was and feeling like an out of body experience, like an alien, uh-huh. and then finishing the scene. Wow. So, yes. Absolutely. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Hey, hey, Disco Citizens. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I am Julia. And I'm Terry. Julia. Yes. I'm so excited for this for you because (laughs) this is like, okay, when you talk about movies, when I remember you think of you Mm -hmm. talking about movies and how much you love them, this is always the first thing that comes to my mind is this series. Okay, the series. But, But I would say specifically It Chapter One. Can I be specific on that? No, for sure. But I just think about the whole book. I yes. think about your favorite things. I think about like going to the theater with you to see this yes. with Marion, like like vintage horror movie survival guide. I'll have to like repost some of those videos because I found them on my phone the other oh, day because nice. uh, I got a new phone and I was going through <laughs> videos. Uh, I smashed my phone, guys. I got I had to get a new one. It was oh, no. atrocious. So sad. But um, I'm so excited that I still have those videos, though, of us going yes. to the fun house and the fun fair for this promo for this movie. Yes, so anywho, I have, I have that was a my caveat before you get in. <laughs> okay. uh, that is adorable caveat. It is. Uh, we are talking about 2019. It chapter two title of this episode is losers stick together. Hell yeah. You bet your fur. Yeah, we they do. do. Uh, and don't split up tagline for this movie. <laughs> it ends. Uh, it feels like a good tagline. It feels lackluster. But you know what? They don't really need, but one. you know, what's, but, but you know what's fun but, is that, you know, Stephen King knows he's making fun of his endings from the beginning. Yes. Even in the tagline, it's got to end somewhere. Okay, you may not like it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that for sure. So this movie was based on the novel by Stephen King, which FYI is my favorite Stephen King novel. And I have read it many times since I was 11 years old. And the screenplay is by Gary Doberman and directed by Andrew Muschietti. So, okay, we got some alternate universe casting. Are you ready oh, for this? Oh, sweet. Lay it on me. Yeah, I okay. would love that. Uh, so we could have had for uh, Bill, could have had uh, Chris Pratt. And I was like, uh, okay, I don't hate I it. I would have been so mad. I don't no, love I it. I would have been so mad. <laughs> I, I hate it. Okay. You can say, you can be nice about it. I, well, he probably would have been okay. But also, like, anyway, I, I'm glad we got who we got. Okay, okay. Um, for uh, uh, Bev, we could have had uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, which I, oh, yeah. um, or Karen Gillan, which I was like, I think she would win my vote for Bev because she's pretty. Gillian, you could have had a because oh. she's fucking pretty luminous, and I was like, she could rock that. She, I could b- believe she's Sophia electric. Lewis. She is, yeah, she is electric, and she has that same kind of intensity. I think she would have been great 
But, you know, like with the ever-changing redhead, I feel like who weekly talks about this one of my other favorite right. podcasts a lot <laughs> about the revolving redhead yes. of Hollywood. Okay. They always are all up for the same parts. <laughs> oh, of course they are. Um, she gets my vote, honestly. Like I would prefer yeah, Karen her. Just, no, no offense, Jessica Chastain, who is a fantastic actress, but I would prefer. And amazing uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye just won the SAG award for that. She's yeah, fan- she is. I highly recommend it. She transforms. Like you have no idea, you lose her. Like it's it's amazing. Um, for uh, Mike, we could have had uh, Donald Glover, your your buddy Michael B. Jordan, um, or Idris Elba. <sighs> Oh, and I think Idris is too old. Um, I think. Yeah, it's that nebulous because they're you know they're uh, like thirty seven in this movie. Uh, no, yeah. m- more than that, thirty nine. Um, they uh, so it's hard because like some like Karen Gillan might be slightly too young, but then also right, I would prefer her to be honest. Um, and then right. for Richie, we could have had. I'm very excited about both of these. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Hell yeah. Which, I mean, I will never turn down a Rockwell ever, ever. Oh, I know you won't. No. You love that man. I know. Hell hell yeah, I do. Um, Or, and this one I think is fucking brilliant, fucking Seth Green, who played Richie in the It miniseries, just fucking grown up. And you're like, well, yes, 100% yes. I love Bill Hader in this movie more than I can tell you. I think he's the best thing in this movie. But Seth Green so so on board he's my he's my he's my that's my you know how i feel about him i mm-hmm. mean i did propose to him um once and, and then i reminded him about it 10 years later and he was like yeah why didn't we do that we we could have had babies it would have been amazing and i was like yeah i know yeah um i support that full hyperbole he's just a really nice guy and i'm just a super <laughs> fan of seth green and <laughs> like accosted him but um so grateful he was so kind i would love to see him but bill Hader is phenomenal in this movie and yeah. seeing him next to the act the child actor that they had playing the young him like it's it's seamless it's a wonderful um performance across the ages that's one of the things i really compliment between the it one and it two is they did such a good job casting the adults um mm, we'll talk, i think we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that uh okay so this movie opens september 1989 um, so we know that they're going to come back, right? Because we've, we've, they, uh, and we go to 20, 27 years later. So and we established the vision and about memory and how they might not remember, but that's going to happen in 27 years. So they get their memory jogged yes. by Mike. Um, so, okay. So we have we open on, um, the dairy carnival where we have, uh, people, uh, winning prizes and we have an, a very adorable gay couple who are out there and, they have an amazing beaver hat. I love dairy hat that I, I also own. So when we do this episode, I can drop a picture of me in that silly hat. Please. Um, but they there are some youth ruffians that don't like that there is a gay couple there and end up beating them up. Uh, and yeah, throw- gay bashing. It's pretty fucked up at the beginning of the it movie. Is. It's really, it's a, really it's upsetting. A, and it's a very... And this is actually how the book opens, but it, it, it is very jarring because you're expecting Pennywise violence and not real life kind of violence like this although you do get some in chapter one with henry bowers where you have the like supernatural horror versus the real horror so one of the one of the gentlemen gets uh chucked over the bridge into the canal and we see pennywise chomping him up 
And you go, oh, okay. Adrian is the guy who dies in mm-hmm. basically Pennywise eats his armpit. Yeah. Like, okay, what yeah. a move. Yeah. And what, then, a, what a crazy, creepy move. I was like, he's just going to eat armpit. That's disgusting. Yeah. Pennywise I, is disgusting. And that's his whole point is like, and I remember reading that for the first time in the book. And I was like, what the fuck? Why would he eat his armpit? But you're just like, because it's just, you can feel the uncomfortableness of it because you don't, nobody likes their armpits being touched, right? Like, it's just a ticklish nonsense. So they think of like horrible. I don't mind my armpit being there. touched, but I don't want somebody licking it or eating it. That's weird. <laughs> now your listeners know a lot about you, Terry. I love that about you. You're amazing. I like deodorant once. I think we talked about this at one of our episodes and okay. like it's never made me want to lick an armpit. Like no. it's disgusting. Well, maybe fresh out the shower, you know. Uh, so okay. I'll, I try it. <laughs> so Mike hears the uh, he is the, uh, listening to the police band and he hears about the murder. So he goes home. Or, I'm sorry, goes over to the canal and written in blood very big on the side of the canal is come home. So he's like, OK, well, here we are. It's time. And Mike's been waiting. And here it is. And he is he's the, been waiting uh, and researching and living in the library. So yes. he's like ready for this. He's literally the most ultimate prepared final boy. Yeah. He's ever final boy. 20, 27. Because you think, I always say about Oculus, right? Like Oculus, you have 10 years to prepare. And this you have 27 years to prepare. And like you've talked to everybody in the town about it and done every bit of history about it. Like you're. And he's made like the Charlie Day, you know, like <laughs> yes. kill room, whatever. Like it's like, okay, I've got like the, the connecting the dots and I've got the maps and I've got all the things. He's got the lore. Like he's literally researched i was like did he did he just live in the library and like live off the library like what did he do for work i don't know he's a librarian there you go he's the town librarian (laughs) okay so that makes more sense he's just living at work you know i would live in a library 100 percent. that would make me very happy although libraries are slightly creepy at night but you know you'd get over that i love that very head over heels (laughs) oh that video uh so we have bill who is on the warner brothers lot Uh wink wink and he is the screenwriter for a movie going on directed by fucking peter bogdanovich who just comes down out of the sky in this amazing crane shot you're like what bogdanovich (laughs) i love it these are fun little cameos and the, of course this is like where we start getting like the the through line um about the endings not being great in his stories and it's like bill's definitely you know like the alter ego here for stephen king of like oh he can't he can't finish something <laughs> he doesn't know how to end the thing like the stories are so fun right <laughs> and uh, this this is we'll get to this when we get to the end of this movie but this is one of the issues i have with this movie we have this continuing joke throughout the movie about how ending this ending stephen king endings are bad um i'm sorry bill denborough's his endings are bad so we meet Audra, who is his wife, who has a much bigger role in the book. But to be honest, I don't really miss her in the movie. She's fine. I mean, there's a whole subplot with her uh, and coming to Derry and uh, Bev's husband coming to Derry and like getting all fucked up. And oh, yeah, we don't need any of that don't, stuff. Don't, yeah, I'm fine without that. Uh, yeah, we so we, so he gets the call and then we cut to Eddie Kasprak, my favorite, uh, plays yeah. by James Runson with p- perfection that like just adorable. So, so like hypochondriac nervousness. Um, and it's very, it's genius because so he's talking to his wife, Myra on the phone and they got the same actress to play Eddie's mother from it. Chapter one to play his wife in it. Chapter two. So it's just literally transferring to his mom which they insinuate quite heavily in the book and you're like well nice you just it's all you need that's what we do it's very freudian you know you marry your mom or dad or whatever um and he really does and he's a claims and like risk assessment guy and working in insurance which is just perfect because all he's done his whole life is assess risk because of his mom and that's how she taught him so he's driving around in new york and he gets the call and as soon as he gets off the phone he's in a crash basically yeah just just immediately um it's weird because in the book he's a limousine owner like he owns like a limousine company so i don't 
I don't know what the change is for. It makes more sense now that you say it. Like it, it does. Like I see him better as that. But I'm like, that's just, just a weird change. It's literally, it makes, what he's did his whole life. Like they yeah, don't change. I think, it's, I think it's good. They don't change anybody else's profession. But no, no, no. Because Richie's a DJ in the in the book. Okay, so this is what happens when you talk to me about these things because I will tell you every fucking difference because this is the nerd I am and this is what I live for. This is why you fucking listen, you guys. Hell yeah. So we cut straight from a car accident to uh, Richie Bill Hader puking off the side of a backstage and has to get on stage right fucking immediately. It's like 30 seconds from puking to on stage. I can't After even he's imagine. gotten the call and he's terrified. You can see he's scared out of his mind and he's like sweating bullets. And you can tell like he probably is normally okay on stage. And then today is not that day. He is not normal. No, he bricks. And he just loses it. Yeah, just silent, gone. Can't do it. I've I've never seen someone do that on stage. Have you? Like lose it? Just completely. Oh, I've been that person. Oh, you have? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love karaoke. People, it's it's really deeply rooted in me losing lines in the middle of a scene and just being completely lost and being like staring at lights and then like having a moment and then mumbling some words and okay. then having to figure out where I was and feeling like an out-of-body experience, like an alien, uh-huh. and then finishing the scene. Wow. So, yes, absolutely. You know what's amazing about being an actor, though, is that when you look, I remember being on stage and, and looking at someone and seeing in their eyes as they're speaking that this is the last they line. they have no I, idea where. Yeah, yeah, this is the last line I know. I don't know where I am. And you could like see that uh-huh. in someone's eyes. You're like, okay, okay, I got it. Like, very. It's uh, different in a musical when you're the one singing. <laughs> oh, my love. Uh, so we cut to Ben Hanscom. Um, and this is a fun little thing. So when you first cut to Ben Hanscom, this is the tease, is that the guy that is originally you see talking, who looks like you would think Ben Hanscom would look grown up, is actually the guy who played Ben Hanscom in the It miniseries in the 90s. So they did it already with him. Why did they not do it with Seth Green. These are questions I have. Uh, but then we cut to the real Ben, who has now become a sculpted god played by Jay Ryan. Um, so hot. So I hot. do not like so him hot. at all. I do oh, not I like his. So I, think I think he is a complete blank slate. I was like, he's <gasps> nothing for me in this movie. Julia, he's all I want. Wow. Well, and herein lies our differences. Yes, that's I okay. I think he's so hot and I love him in this movie. I love that he's just like, I was like, yeah, like he has the same eyes and he gives me the same energy as okay. little Ben. And I was like, oh my God, of course that's him. Like, I feel like I know these guys where I'm like, you got better and better. And like, because you had that freaking note in your freaking wallet every day, yeah. you like went to the gym, you like made sure you had this life, like with this thought of like, I'm going to see her again one day. I don't know how, mm-hmm. but I will. And like, I'm going to be ready. And like, you could see he did all the work to be ready for Bev again. Yeah. So he lives in an amazing fucking house because he is an architect. Um, so yeah. they make a point in the, in the in the book as well that all of them are very successful and like suspiciously successful. That like no way that, you know, six people would all be this level of success. And it's kind of implied that Pennywise isn't like in rewarding them for staying away. That like, this is what you get when you Got stay it. away. Got um, it. So they're all quite quite successful. Um, so we meet Stan, who is but me- it's success with like weirdness though. Like everything is successful, but there's something off about that success. Yeah. Like, you know, Bill's having trouble finishing the movie. He doesn't know how to have an ending. He's getting issues with that. Right. Um, Ben is getting pushed back constantly, it seems like, from like his ideas, even though he's has a good way of trying to get circumvent those things, right. but he's getting a bunch of pushback from those people mm-hmm. as he's building a building. 
Richie seems like he's doesn't write as we find it later. Obviously, there's a real he doesn't write his own material. So it's like there's something about like, yes, you can have these things, but you're always going to feel like you're not good enough for mm. whatever the heck you have. Yeah. And that's the losers club mentality. That's like through all of them. That stems from that, I think, too. So who much is given much is required. And it's a very strange thing for them. So then Stan gets a call after Ben. And this is the one that goes awry. Yes. He, so we see him doing a bird puzzle, which is a, a throwback to the book where he's uh, really into birds. And he gets the call and it's just broken immediately. Like it's just like gone the second he's like hangs up. He's like, okay. And like just goes straight into the bathroom, folds his clothes up very nicely, which is always very heartbreaking, and uh, slits his wrist and writes it on the wall in blood. So Stan is out uh we then yeah. we get to bev uh where she is living with her husband and she also gets the call uh and goes to pack and her husband is abusive and they have a very big just like her dad just like her dad so it's really that's the most uncomfortable i think moment too when she also has a vision in the midst of getting the phone call too so you see that she's still connected to these creepy visions and things like that I um, mean, you can tell she's been unsettled, but she's got to get the hell out of there. They have a big ass boss, terrible fight. Um, She goes to leave. He fights her. She ends up like bashing a freaking, you know, picture frame over his head and just gets the hell out of there and runs out into the rain and drops her wedding ring out the door. And mm-hmm. I think that's great. I was like, forget him. Go back. Yeah. Figure this other shit out so you're not haunted every night. Yeah, she has had enough. We find out that Henry Bowers is alive in the end of, of uh, chapter one. He is chucked down the well into the sewer quite nicely. But we find out that he is in a mental institution because he shuffled back home and was caught by the police right after he killed his father. So the actor they got to play Henry Bowers, adult, both of the, the young and adult, are I think are fantastic. They're both, like it really looks like him and it's really just very insane and i mean because henry bowers is insane as a kid and you're like yes this is how kid insane turns into adult insane yeah you can see the progression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) the mayhem and the madness so he um all of a sudden sees the balloons again while he's at the institution out the window and he's like oh it's time to play again and he gets so excited and sets the place off and all of a sudden we get freaking Hawkstutter, yeah one of his other old friends um who's a ghoul now basically like handing him things and helping him out like as like a creepy ghoulie creature from the it verse uh-huh. like bringing him a knife and he's yeah. like here you go buddy he can get out of here now and he's like okay thanks and he figures it out and he hustles his way out of that uh out of that institution but then we um in the midst of all these things being awakened the gang gets back together at the beautiful jade of the orient restaurant which of course you've I, gone to i've gone to so it's actually called the oriental jade bing and it is there is the room where there is a, a room where that's off the side that you can close the doors that there's a big round table uh that is the the impetus for this scene is where when stephen king was writing it this is the room he was picturing um and i when i went to go film my stephen king short i know what you need in maine last summer in 2021 uh before we filmed we got to have dinner with my crew and cast at the fucking table in the fucking room so it was y'all see shit like what happened it was like, delicious crazy fortune cookies yeah we were we were we were dubious about the fortune cookies but i did get the most fucked up fortune i've ever gotten in my life there which was k kms keep mouth shut the golden rule and i was like what the fuck fortune cookie 
<laughs> Damn, though. That's a hostile cookie. I know. So I was like, well, I'm not surprised, though, really. Let's be honest. What do you expect from this amazing? Um, but this is such a fun scene, I think, is, is probably the funnest scene for me in the movie is just getting to see them all play off each other and getting to know each other. But it's all weird because they still don't really remember each other or what exactly happened. It's their initial like re-reaction. So yeah. it's like these 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 things, the synapses start firing in the scene, right? Like I was like, you know, uh, Mike hugs Bill and Bev and Ben reunite, like, and they ha- have a little flashback about the new kid, you know, kind of thing. And um, and Richie coming in and banging the gong and like just being like, okay, guys, the party's here. Like, there's so many fun little moments. Yes. And this is really where you start to see like Bill Hader really steal the scene and really be the the totally the best thing in the scene. And And it's great that he brings such humor and such levity to the film which it needs but then is also able to go super dark when he needs to and like bill Hader, though i mean my goodness he's fantastic at that i think um if you haven't seen it's the um skeleton twins oh, him and right. Kristen Wiig, freaking amazing film and it's like it's like that it's got that kind of levity but you're like oh god it's got that dark dark yeah. undercurrent he's so good at that so um, um and he really brings that here too so mike try explains what's happening and he says there's this uh you know pennywise has this echo that bounces back every 27 years in this cycle where he comes back to feed um so we have this amazing fortune cookie gag where they all open the fortune cookies and horrible things come out um and it's the thing of when the waitress comes in, she can't see anything, right? Which is similar. We have like Bev's dad can't see the blood in the first one. And this is one of the horrors of you're seeing terrible things, but nobody else can see it. So you just have to act really normal, which is great. So a fun little scene. Um, And there's the fortune cookies. uh, They spell out uh, Stanley, guess Stanley could not cut it. So we find out she calls his wife and finds out that, yes, she knew he was going to be dead in the bath. And indeed, yeah, Bev had already had a vision of all of them dying. Uh, yeah, and I'm not. I'm. We, you know, we'll get. We'll get to. We'll get to it later. Um, so we have uh, Pennywise. The bleachers. The bleachers scene. This is the first time we see Pennywise in the movie, where he lures a little girl down under the bleachers and plays upon Victoria. her her fears. Yes, to sweet it, little me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what does he love better than sweet? Tasty, tasty, beautiful fear. Nothing. It's freaking nothing else. That's all he wants. So he lures her in because she's clearly bored and her mom's like, oh, no, no, we have to stay and watch this freaking boring baseball game. And the kid's like, ah, all right. But a little firefly all of a sudden appears and she follows the firefly down under the bleachers and it leads her right to the freaking creepy clown. And you see the beautiful drool coming off his lip. Oh, my God. This performance. Bill Skarsgård. Oof. Wins, Ooh. wins for me, wins. With that freaking walleye, creaky, creaky wall, that walleye can, that he's got going on. That he can that do he just on does. command. You can just like something he can just do. I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, so he's got his creepy eye and the drool coming from his lips and he's talking to this little girl and she's like, yeah, you kind of creepy, but like, and he's like, well, you know, people make fun of you kind of thing. Like they're trying, he's trying to get on her level and like connect with her about being like, you know, made fun of because she's got like a, 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 a what is that called? A, like wart stain? Wine stain. Uh, Weinstein like um little little birthmark on her face and so she's feel always felt a little left out even though she's freaking adorable yeah. um and he basically bites her face off basically yeah. by telling her i could get rid of that thing and she's like really you have to get close and he, she's he's like yeah this is how close womp womp chomp, face chomp. off yeah definitely so bowers escapes by killing his guard and pick Hock- hockstetter picks him up driving the getaway vehicle which is just a great 
because it just I just like I don't understand it. So a hawk setter has to have some sort of corporal form because he can actually drive a fucking car. Like he's not just yeah, a he's ghost. Like a ghoul. He's like ghoul. Like instead of ghost. Like it's What's weird. What's the difference like, between like a ghoul and a zombie? Because like right as as we know, Romero wanted them to be called called them ghouls until zombie came about. Are they the same thing? Well, I don't know. I feel like it's like in like vampire lore or whatever. Like isn't it like not ghoul or what is it? Is that what it's called? Your person that you can like like your Renfield. Not your Renfield. It's like the other. The, there's like a Renfield who does all your stuff, like human shit that you need done. But then there's other people that you can kind of like get in their mind and inhabit, and you basically they're dead inside too. But oh. like you just make them do shit for you. Okay. Very vampire the masquerade. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yay, board game, role play gamer people. <laughs> I, I remember I played it in high school. Um, yeah. So uh, and uh, let's see. So then Bill goes back. They all basically are like, fuck it. Uh, everyone's like, we're not. Yeah, gonna they want to get this. out of town. They're yeah, like, they don't. Want, like, it's too we're, scary. We're gonna die. Like, clearly going to die. And and now that Stan has broken the circle, and like there was like the seven of us that was the big thing, and now there's not anymore. So like, what are we doing? Uh, but Bill uh, is talked into by Mike to go back to the library because he has some stuff he needs to show him. So he goes into this whole long fucking speech uh, about he the- drugs him and he fucks him up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, and, and he has this, you know, weird looking lampshade thing, which is early 18th century, which is the Shakapuia, which is weird because the Micmac Indians are the ones that are like the big ones in uh, in the story. And this whole thing is not this is where it starts to go a little bit off the rails for me already here because well, he probably had to change some shit depending on if it was like real tribe or not real tribe and stuff like and that because i know even, he's had some issues with that that's right? fine like that's okay i but just the, this scene for me like mike like i don't i don't i don't think Isaiah mustafa is a, is a good mike and i think though they turn mike into this hyper paranoid drugging your friends lying to them about shit and holding things back like he's really kind of fucked up in this and he's not like that in the book at all like he's just kind of you kind of like him because he's the one who stayed behind and he knew somebody had to stay behind and like he took right. on that burn burden and so it's more of that kind of feel and so i'm like i don't know what this mic is this is very weird to me and so already you have now he breaks the trust because bill's like you fucking drugged me what the fuck so like this they should be like, but he had to see but he had to see the truth and you know he wouldn't believe it otherwise i feel like it's one of those weird things too where like because everyone's memory needed to get jarred or jogged or whatever like this is the steps he took i don't know um it's hard when uh you're dealing with lore and you're realizing people are probably not going to believe you and the fact that they were all leaving he was like going to like extreme movie level I guess movie stakes, level sure of course right okay. instead of book level stakes to yes. like get this get to the next scene because it's like we can't just have a scene of being being like please stay and they're like okay right of course there's no conflict sure <laughs> I, mean, I understand but I just think if you've already splintered Bill's trust with the group then it kind of negates what's going on later um, so they talk about the rit ritual of Chud which is this ritual that you can do to get rid of him that we assume ritual so. Yes. Ritual. Um, Jude. I just wrote that. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, we go back to the inn. We are in and out of this fucking inn so much in this movie. It drives me bananas. Uh, Bev has been having nightmares this entire time between uh, all the last 27 years and insinuates. And, and this is a kind of a okay loophole to get out of what's going to happen. It's just insinuates that they're not going to make it to the next cycle. So they can all leave, but sometime within the next 27 years, they are all going to kill themselves. Like their Stan's fate is. Oh, yeah. And like, so it's either we do it now or 
sometime in the next 27 years you're gonna fucking kill yourself in a terrible way you're like hmm. yeah, it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't and like i think stan was their bellwether right yeah and so it's like if that can happen to him and he was like one of the kindest like sweetest of them all right yeah. you know like um if that can happen to him it's only going to be worse for them so they end up back in the barrens and back in the clubhouse and you know trying to trying to figure it out having those flashbacks too of like them you know building the clubhouse together mm -hmm. and how it all came to be and, and that's like you see ben's like little architecture streak started and mm -hmm. you know i love the little lost boys poster like i love mm -hmm. the little nods that are kind of like throughout the movie of like little shout outs to fun things mm -hmm. um so and just putting yeah, you they, in they, period as well and honestly yeah i like the kids stuff better man like it's just so much more sparky and like when they turn to kids are more sparky kids I and know. dogs right you don't put them in the scene next to you you're always gonna like outshine you because there's something shiny and fresh about children and and puppies that um grown adults will try to have but it's very, very difficult and very rarely do grown-ass adults have that. Okay, I understand what you're saying. And and when I heard the cast list, I got very excited, right? I was like, oh, James McAvoy, he's amazing. And Jessica, Jessica Chinchy, she's amazing. Um, I think Bill Hader is sparkling in this movie. I think he's yes. got that lovely, like, big, high kid having fun energy. And I feel it's like- that SNL energy, baby. But I feel like nobody else has it. And so I feel like there's this like high of seeing the kids being so fun and exciting. And then it kind of drops down to this kind of dreary level when the adults come 27 on. 27 years later, baby. <sighs> that's depressing. Yeah. Don't let's not think about. I'm aging. sorry, but that's real life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I sure. But I'm saying, but this is a movie, right? You need to be on your game. For I, this know, movie. I know. So I feel I like. Yeah, so how I feel. Um, and there's a cute uh, Eddie and Richie in a hammock together, fucking around with each other, which is adorable, which will come up later. Uh, we have their find. They need to split up and find their artifacts. And I'm like, what the fuck is all this? Uh, they need pieces from the past for the ritual. So they're all going to go split up to find their pieces. And they're like, but why are we splitting up? They're like, well, we were together the whole summer. And they're like, no, actually, no, no, no. We had a time where we split up that summer. Yeah. We got to do that too. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and when, when they say they need to split up, uh, thank you to Richie who says splitting up would be dumb. And you're like, thank you. Thank you, Richie. We, you, you're a good final boy. You know what's up. Waste so, of reason. Yeah. Uh, so first off, we have uh, Beverly who's going back to her old house and finds Mrs. Kirsch, who is living in her old place and tells her that her father is dead. Like, yeah, Miss Kershaw, uh, see, it doesn't exactly see who she seems to be. She got a lot of little weird ticks she, she kind of does where she stares a little too long, insists on things a little too much. She's like, no, I'm going to make you some tea. And she's like, no, no, no I don't go. She's like, don't have to be like cool about it. Like, I'm going to make you some damn tea kind of. I mean, that's kind of the energy. It's not the word she uses, yeah. but that's very much the energy. Yes. And she, uh, Beverly goes back into one of the, she wanders back into one of the rooms, uh, very strangely pries off the floorboard, which is brave to do in somebody else's house, but finds her old packet of stuff. And that's where her artifact is. She has her old key necklace and she finds the postcard. The infamous oh, postcard. The January embers. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, and which is, you know, adorable. And the, she has horrible it's a postcard from one of the boys and she thinks it's one of them and it could be someone else. True. Oh, Bev. Oh, Bev. Uh, <laughs> so she remembers horrible stuff about her dad uh, and then find out that Mrs. Kirsch is actually Mr. Pennywise in disguise. Uh, this performance by this uh, woman who plays 
uh, Mrs. Kirsch, by the way, she is fantastic. Uh, her, that is Joan Gregson. Shout out to you for being creepy as fuck. Uh, and then we have, I mean, it's just a good scare, right? You have, you don't know what you're going to, somebody's going to come out of the darkness. You know what it is. And this is like 10 yeah. foot tall, naked, screaming old woman. And you're like, oh, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good scare. Yeah, creepy howling woman. And then you get like old school Pennywise. You see, you see him kind of like the beginning of his career looking Pennywise face. Mm-hmm. And like you see the old like pictures on the wall, which is great. And you see like, oh, that was him. Like when he moved to Derry, supposedly, you know, like when he started the circus there. And so it looks like he's like backstage all of a sudden, like in the the the, the whole apartment is transformed. It's like the backstage of his old theater or like on his like circus wagon or something. And he's putting grease paint and makeup on his face. And I love this is my favorite little detail is when he like draws the um the blood, like he like basically scratches his face to make those red streaks that he has on his face mm-hmm. out of blood. And I was like, Oh, those are totally out of blood. I never really thought about that really, mm-hmm. but I was like, Yep, that's how that shit would go. <laughs> uh Richie goes and uh, checks out the movie theater and then strolls over to the park where is the Paul Bunyan statue. So this Paul Bunyan statue is actually in Bangor. You can go check it out. It looks... You got pictures with it? Uh, yeah, I do have pictures with it. Yes, I have yes. I have been there. I have seen it and it is great. Uh, and I'm sure and I anybody... I love this because... Yeah, anybody, anybody grew up in Bangor would have had, you know, would have enjoyed this sequence, I think, far more than anybody. Because you'd be like, ah, the fucking Paul Bunyan. Well, I feel like there that that particular statue is a lot of places. There's one down in San Diego too. Is there? Um, like, yeah. Because well, I like, know there's a, a there's... lumberyard. It's like a lumberyard guy, right? And that's <laughs> the thing is like I've seen a lot of those statues around that are just and, and a lot of them now aren't holding anything. But I think uh-huh. I don't see a lot of them actually painted like Paul Bunyan. I just see like that right. model of that statue. We should. I'm sure there's a fascinating history behind that statue. I'm sure there is. But he's like, but he's like very like, I think it's interesting too that they have him. I think it's obviously chosen on purpose too of like the strapping, you know, manly man kind of thing that he's contending with as like he's checking, like wondering about his sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and this mm-hmm. is like, of course, his like foe is like the manliest man, um, uh, example of a man, Paul Bunyan. Um, uh, I would just but like, also kind of a gay icon a little bit I feel like too because that outfit <laughs> the Paul Bunyan outfit yeah I could do sexy Paul Bunyan I could see that right? um, I would just like to say that the the, the gay uh, undertone with Richie is not in the book this doesn't exist there I think it's a nice addition and I think that kind of takes that takes things to another level that I'd never thought of um, so I think it's I think it's cool um, and I so he is handed the flyer for his own funeral and has a nice freak out uh and yes you're like oh oh no and anyways taunts him that he's gonna let out his dirty little secret and he knows all about him and richie like freaks the fuck out of course because he's like that's exactly what i've been afraid of this whole time and Uh, i would hate to have that happen he and his he his artifact is he gets a token from the uh arcade at the movie theater uh next we find a terrible moment he did we find secondhand rose silver bicycle so in uh we have silver which is bill's bicycle that he rides around in the bike and here we get our friend stephen king stephen king all hail the king it's just he's he's so good in it like i have to say he's in he's in quite a few of his movies and he's not always very good but i feel like he kills this specifically very well well he 
he plays a very good curmudgeon. Yeah. I mean, it's he it, it's it works. Him him yelling and and you know being upset. It's it's cute in a corner. Yeah, there's a little book. Uh-huh. I love it. He's like clearly a fan of the of, of the author, but also annoyed with him. Yeah. Like it's great. I just love his his him fighting with his own little alter ego. Yeah, he's adorable. <laughs> and they you know they did a lot of little like nice touches too. Like there's a license plate above him that's Christine's license plate, and they're they're like throwing in the little Easter eggs for us constant readers. Uh, so shout out to Stephen King. Very adorable in this movie and a fun little thing. And he sells him silver uh the bike so he writes down for, to jackson three hundred dollars he can afford you it can afford it buddy you're an author yeah his <laughs> little like, main oh, accent it's just adorable oh. uh so he rides down to jackson and witcham streets and finds the drain that georgie has been taken and is screaming screaming at him screaming at pennywise i know you can hear me screaming into the drain and and yeah. and you know shout out to james mcavoy for emoting so well into a drain because i can see as an actor that would be difficult but he's you know Kills he did it. great work because he's not yelling at a drain. He's yelling at motherfucking Pennywise. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like, I think he did a really nice job here, too. And he ends up getting little Georgie's boat, which is his artifact from the drain. And I was like, oh, Pennywise going to give it to you? That's weird. Yeah. But I think this is I think there's an in, an interesting thing that goes into the why, because he he keeps asking why. Why did you take Georgie? Yeah. Like you could have had anybody in the in the town. Why him? And he says, because you weren't there. Right. Yeah. Like, OK, so you've added uh a nice layer of guilt on top of that that like if you had been there that wouldn't have happened and it's all your fault which is a nice little mind fuck by pennywise which we always love and then another little kid shows up right there this little kid dean on his with his little skateboard and he's like uh yeah are you like the guy's like oh you hear voices in the drain and he's like oh no no he's like oh i hear them in my drain and you know what i hear them at, at home like at my drain like out of the sink actually and the and, and you know bill's like oh no like He's talking to this little kid it's totally starting and then now it's like fully confirmed again and so um now he's really worried about this little kid because the guilt of he felt for georgie now has been transferred basically into this little kid now he's like obsessed with saving this little kid um and this kid's like oh god i guy I, I gotta go to the fun fair like are you kidding me like no i bye i gotta go go this little kid <laughs> uh luke rossler who plays dean is adorable as fuck very good casting uh ben yep. goes back to the high school and has a a, a flashback as his uh, younger self where Pe- pennywise had uh, pretended to be beverly so this isn't in yep. the book and i think this is kind of interesting that he we've never i've never thought of him impersonating one of the club themselves and so it's a thing where like at first you really think it's her and then it turns bad uh i do have i do have a problem with this though because we have her head catches on fire and she's running after him screaming the incredibly beautiful haiku that he's my heart burns there too well his hair your hair is winter fire right january embers so her hair's on fire because the fucking and i was like you know you kind of ruined the haiku a little bit for me there like this horrible shambling monster with a head on fire screaming it as it's running i say i don't i don't like that i really like pennywise becoming beverly i don't like that because that haiku is like lives in my heart so hard that like you've kind of Mm, not i'm not happy well, with that choice. try to sully it for you i'm sorry that's okay but she still thinks still thinks that it's fucking bill with that fucking postcard still uh so we get to uh keen's pharmacy where we have uh, a director cameo if you look carefully andrew muschietti is lurking in the background of this pharmacy where eddie is coming to pick up a prescription of course of course he is. He's always picking up a prescription. And this pharmacist is the same pharmacist from back in the day. And it's just uh, disturbing. And he touches his, his on the face and it's just like, oh, that might be cancer. Might not be. 
could be uh, might not be you're like uh but he also been, like, knows who eddie kasprak is and like he's yeah he's gonna he can't specifically take it. fuck with them to like make him freak out <laughs> poor eddie uh, eddie can't take it you know he's already already just living on the edge so he we get a flashback here of eddie you know his child and you know um look dealing trying like the uh, pharmacist's daughter like messing with him being like yeah you got a tumor on your dick or whatever here's your prescription little like dickweed basically um and all of a sudden he's going to end up in the basement um because he hears his mom in the creepy ass basement and he's got to go save her and he doesn't do a very good job because there's a creepy ass pussy leper that pops out and sticks his tongue right in mom's mouth and uh and he's not able to stay down in there and and hightails it out of there. Yeah, so he basically he leaves his mom to be eaten and runs away because he knows he's a coward. Uh and he has this battle with the leper, a fantastic moment where the the leper pukes up into Eddie's face while angel of the morning plays and i it's just this one little moment and i'm like i really enjoyed this moment thank you for putting it in it's weird but i really like it uh it's because it's the juxtaposition it's always one of those beautiful things right when you're just like oh thank you so much horror gods you know for giving me a beautiful moment like this but i think that this movie's in you know both of the it's are great because they're really horror comedies there's a lot of comedy in both of them you know and it's not just like straight horror so i think that that you know they're really doing that well in here uh bev and bill kiss and you're good okay. and there we go uh, <laughs> uh, they relive that little kiss for a moment but all of a sudden it's a very short-lived because um a skateboard appears back at the inn as we are again dear god um, and the skateboard comes down the stairs and all of a sudden it flips over and we realize it's little dean that little kid's skateboard and Bill's like, oh, that was a nice kiss, but I got to get the hell out of here because I got to go save that kid. I mean, so he hightails it out of there to try to go save the kid. It's just um, fucking... Richie's now freaking out and he tries to run off like they're all scattering again. Um, Bauer stabs Eddie and it makes his way into the house and stabs him in the freaking face. Um, Eddie freaks out and stabs Bowers in the freaking chest and gets the hell out of there. Like, oh, my God, such a strong moment for him. And Bowers actually escapes their house. Um, Bill goes to the fun fair. So a bunch of stuff happens real fast, even though it feels like nothing has happened yeah. in that moment. Yeah, it all it's just it's so splintered and everybody just keeps running away. And I'm like, Bill is gonna go save some right random kid. What the fuck is happening? Who is this kid? Why do we care? I don't I think Pennywise is in all their heads, as they as I think Mike said, like right. he's always in you. So there's that weird push-pull where like you're getting the manipulation. Like sometimes you're like, is this them or are they being manipulated and being pulled by Pennywise, right? Right. Sure. And uh, Dean, uh, unfortunately, meets a grizzly and right in front of Bill's face. uh, James McAvoy banging on that glass for all he's worth, though. Let's shout out. In the House of Mirrors, beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. And he is giving a full on performance there. I think he does a really great job on that scene, too. Um, Pennywise freaking takes that kid, though. Snatch, snatch, snatch. And then we cut to Richie going by their old synagogue and having like a Stan memory. And, uh, you know, while Stan is in the middle of his like um, bar mitzvah and, you know, makes a big point of like, you know, like I, um, that, yeah, maybe we're all losers, but that's okay. Like we like, like, you know, love each other and like, we're going to make it like we're okay. And, uh, so it changes it's just that little, huh? Sorry. Go ahead. It changes what it changes what Richie's mind. Yeah. It keeps, it gets him to stay. Cause he realizes like, um, if Stan could stand up, like I get to stand up. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and it and it's it's the power he needs. So so we have a very similar uh, circle back around to where they're going to go back to Nebolt. Bill, they have to follow Bill because Bill's like, I'm going to do it myself. And they go. He has another big speech on the porch. Uh, Bill, it's Rich- right after they kill Bowers, though. Too finally. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, <laughs> they do kill Bowers as well. See you later. Uh, <laughs> uh, we get to our, our Richie. Uh, let's kill this fucking clown. Uh, and we get and losers stick together Losers stick together they do you bet your fur which is something like that's such a big phrase in the book that i'm like it's so easy to just put this in this movies why why not why just anyway we get it all goes bad real quick we have ben getting his stomach carved uh again uh this time by pennywise that they can only see home at last in the mirror but his they can't see in real life we have a yeah. stand spider head monster which is uh horrifying uh beautiful beautiful monster i'm sure you no, love that is. one julia loves spiders you guys by the way if you wanted to send her and some spider head monsters even better it's given me john carpenter <laughs> thing vibes i'm on board uh Hold and then on. we descend into the sewers uh yeah through the well back into the gray water oh yeah uh, <laughs> it's so gross <laughs> it's disgusting so yeah so they're underwater and dealing with all this stuff and eddie freezes as you know ben ends up having to like slay slay some monsters here and like um you know they have to end up talking with him and letting him know eddie like you're freaking braver than you think you've done so much along the way mm-hmm. like you are a badass and don't ever forget that so they find the og cave uh and we find out that he can only be attracted in his true form but there's also this whole thing about it can only uh the has to abide by the law of what it inhabits because we know pennywise is a shapeshifter so he can change into these different things uh so they are going to do this big ritual with the ritual of chud with that with this um lampshade thing um the, the fact that richie brought a token for his token that's a good one I like it. It's so perfect. <laughs> so that you think they're going to do this big fancy ritual, uh, but immediately, no. Pennywise just sets it on fire and balloons out of that thing. Ha ha. Just kidding, losers. You thought you were going to win. Not true. Yeah, they can't keep the lid on it. And the, it like just explodes, 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 explodes. Big balloon pops out of this little shapakiwa, little basket thing. Um, and uh, it's, it's, not, it's not good. But also... Uh, suspiciously, there's there are four sides to this uh, this basket uh, uh, contraption. One of the sides looks like it's been scratched out viciously, mm. vigorously, and I've been wondering about this this whole movie as we saw a little glimpse of this early on, and I was like, uh oh, there is another side that Mike seems to keep hiding. Something else happens, uh-huh. and Pennywise lets them know, hey kids, there's a fourth side. Did Mike ever tell you? And they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, why did none of them look at the thing more carefully? You can see very easily mm. that's the thing that killed me suspension of disbelief i know for a moment i'll let anything slide for the most part because i don't care but i care but like that moment i was like yeah come on people well yeah mike's whole uh thing in this movie is uh dubious uh so they all get separated yet again and uh, we have like bills underwater uh richie and eddie find the doors where they have to you know which scary not scary bringing that back um, oh scary very scary not scary at all oh yeah <laughs> we got we got a sweet little pomeranian puppy one that one's really good uh we have bill that goes back to his old house in the memory and he reveals that he pretended to be sick that he didn't he was not actually sick and he did did just didn't want to play with georgie that day uh not in the book weird addition adds a layer of guilt don't understand 
but okay, that's fine. That you... But he was trying to, but he has, the thing is he has to kill the guilt to, to be able to be free. So that's right. the moment, right? That's what they're trying to get to, which I, I get. Um, Cause he's like, I was just a kid. I literally, it's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing that I didn't want to play that day. Like it, it ended up being bad, a bad consequence, but that's right. not why it happened. Right. Um, Bev is back in school and she's like stuck in the bathroom and it's like all this blood is flowing and Ben is back on the clubhouse and all this sand is growing on him. And so they're like worlds kind of end, end up kind of mishmashing as well too, um, through these like them as adults being stuck in these old memories. Uh, old, uh, older Bill shoots younger Bill in the head with a sheep gun to put him to rest. Uh, Pennywise says that Mike is a madman and uh, Richie is now becomes caught in the deadlights. His switch when he gets caught in the deadlights, I rewound this so many times. I'm like, that's fucking, how did he? It's amazing. Just to, like he just changes in this split second. Shout out, Bill, Bill Hader. Holy fuck, you're the best thing in this movie. You delight me so much. Um, and so we have a, a Eddie saves him though with a beep beep motherfucker uh, and impales him um, onto the crash site. But Eddie also gets impaled and is thrown, and so now he's knocked out on the side. Yeah, it's not good. But they also figure out that they got it. Um, there's not just one way to like try to. They try to um, get Pennywise to shrink, right? So they're trying to get him into a smaller space, but they don't aren't able to pull him into a smaller space. But they realize, and there's another way to make him feel small, and that is just by verbally taunting and abusing this little clown and getting into his head. Mind games, because they're he's all he's been playing mind games on all of them. They're just giving it back. So they taunt him and call him stupid little names and make him feel small or like you little clown little clown little clown you're a little clown and he's like i'm an eater of worlds i'm an eater of worlds they're like no you're a little clown you're a little clown i'm an eater of worlds i'm an eater of worlds little clown eater of worlds little clown eater of worlds yeah and, and then rip his heart out it's real real small yeah rips heart out smush him and end of gone i cannot tell you Okay, here's the thing about it. You're going to make a you make jokes this entire movie about how his the endings are always bad, right? And you go, "To yes. me, that means okay, I'm going to make fun of that because I have the confidence that my ending's good enough that the joke doesn't land." Like or that's the, what the joke is for. Like, "Oh, you've been ta taunting the ending is bad, but this ending's great." This ending is fucking terrible. I hate it so much. The fact that they bully Pennywise to death is ridiculous he is the eater of worlds are you fucking kidding me okay so the the ending of this book as we know crazy the ending of this actual of the book involves a giant cosmic turtle and hurtling through space and like biting each other's tongues mentally in order to battle and there's a giant spider and like it's all it doesn't they had all of that in there but they had them they repurposed every single thing element there's it, like a little weird turtle in like one of the scenes i know but they it's have the, them it's they all, have the tongues that each yeah it's all so. in their heads it's all this weird cosmic like mental battle you can't film it. I understand that. You're never going to film that. That's fine. But you can't replace it with this. You had to have had something better. And now the jokes fall flat and you're like, oh, you're just making fun of yourself because your ending's fucking bad. It's terrible. Is it okay to say my ending's bad the whole movie when your ending is actually bad? Terry just shrugs. I, I, I obviously feel you quite... shrug because it's like, you don't I'm care. not that invested, clearly. Does this not bother you, this ending? No, because I was just like, okay, dude, like that's it. Like I guess that's how you that's how you end him. Like it it just seems like it was so obvious because the thing is you have to get over your fear. If you don't fear him and you just yell at him and make him feel like a small thing, he has nothing to pull from. Like he literally is rendered powerless. 
you've had the power inside you the whole time. Sure. That's kind of what it is, right? Because if, right. if that's what it is in their heads, it's the same thing. It's just translated, obviously, not in a grand S, that kind of battle that you, you know, get in the book. But like, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, okay. Okay. I mean, yes, and, and it was all in your head. I'm not saying the ending of the book is fantastic. I'm saying it is also a bit confusing. And you're like, what? Fucking flying through space. This is weird. So I'll grant that. But no, I'm sorry. I'm not on board for this. Um, so they uh, end up killing Pennywise. Yay. But Eddie, sadly, and Eddie, then, Eddie, is, yeah. Eddie is dead. Eddie is He's gone. He's also dead. But the knee bolt house crumbles and they barely get out of there because like Richie doesn't want to leave Eddie's body in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and uh, sorry, uh-huh. they they uh, they are able to get out just in the nick of time and run to the quarry back to the quarry to get themselves clean. And Richie so fucking destroyed like bill Hader, damn though taken it to the level where like he's fucking destroyed yeah he's not okay no uh he's really not okay and this is where the reveal comes that he we have seen him in a flashback carving name into the the kissing bridge and it was r plus e so this is the reveal that he's actually been in love with eddie this entire time uh which uh you know as i said adds a new dimension to richie's character uh and then we find out bev finds out that ben actually wrote the postcard and they start getting a little kissy kissy um, and this is always a weird th- in the book they, because there is this weird kind of triangle and you think that Bev and Bill are supposed to meet, be together, but then yeah. they could immediately switches over okay. to Ben. This is my weird, my weird, my weird. Okay. <laughs> How you can tell they're not going to be together. Uh-huh. Okay. You put the letters together. It's B and B and B, right? Yeah. All right. You got take EV for Bev and then you took EN for Ben. You got even. That's what you want together. It's even Ooh, Stevens, right? Wow. But if you put Bev and Bill together, it's evil. It doesn't work. Damn, Terry, look at you. <laughs> you snap. <laughs> I, I, I started, I'm, I was like, look at my notes. Look at my notes. Look at my notes. <laughs> you have, I know. The notes for this one's That was 10. me. Maybe, maybe, maybe smoking a little too much weed watching this movie. But no, I didn't do that. Just no. kidding. I had beers. Just kidding. No, wait. I did whatever I did. I but I, I, that was my be... conspiracy theory at the end. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we, we cut to, uh, Bev, uh, Bill writing, we cut forward and Bill is now writing it. Uh, and he gets a call from Derry from Mike who says he's leaving Derry, which is okay. They all get this Stan's letter, this, this big old letter that he writes. I am flummoxed. Stan's suicide letter. I'm, yeah. I'm flummoxed by this letter. I don't understand what Stan was going for. I don't, his like, I gave you a better chance because I wasn't there thing. I don't get so it's supposed to be this big revelatory, like it's bringing them all together at the end. Stan is really with them kind of thing. I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about, Stan? You've lost me. I don't know what this is. Um, so I think for me, it was like, I'm I guessing that's not in the book or was it in the book? No. And I, and it, it's not. And I, so for me, it was like this one, two punch of like that you have this crazy, like this bully punny ways to death thing. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it gets to this letter thing. And I'm like, okay, well, Stan's going to like, and I just, like, I don't, this whole plan is weird. I don't like, why are we ending on this? I'm not really sure, but everybody's happy now and yay, they're all going to live. Um, super inspirational ending thing. Okay. Um, so as you, Hollywood, Hollywood, we need to tie this loose end because it was too sad. He was the only kid we didn't get to see an ending for, for real. That was a positive note. Mm. So uh, that is all. I'm sure that was a note from the studio and added for that. Perhaps um, they said you got to end it on an up note. Um, as yep. 
you can tell I have issues with this film. It was a bit of a disappointment to me because I loved it. Chapter one so much. Like I was like was this fantastic fucking perfection. Amazing. And I really went into this hearing the cast list with such high hopes. And I've thought a lot about like what's wrong with this film and why it feels so different from the first one. Um, theories, uh, script, just not very good. Just very, the fact that they keep splintering everybody off into these different things the entire time drives me crazy. And it feels like nothing gets done this whole movie, even though they do a bunch yeah. of stuff. It all feels- It feels antithetical. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like, even though the stakes are high, like it just doesn't work. It feels weird. And I feel like we don't ever get to see them, except for the dinner table scene, really connect as a group at all. Like I don't really buy their- buy them together so i don't know if it's that uh the, the cinematographer is different and i think that that plays a big role in it i think it just doesn't look as beautiful as the first one um and i just i don't know if it's a performance thing so i, I don't know i was disappointed because i was like okay the it's not very good and i'm trying to figure out why it's not very good and i just oh yeah we got to triage this shit that's our job right sure and i you know yeah. it's i think it's, it's a, a whole bunch of different things altogether. but i think it just is a bit of a disappointment, even though there are things, lots of things in it that I enjoy overall. Right. I'm just, uh, okay. Well, still glad I got to see this on the big screen with you when yes. it initially came out. And that was a wonderful experience at the Arclight RIP um, oh. in Hollywood. And watch, yeah, watching it with hundreds of people and hearing everybody yeah. freak out and, and clap. And, and scream and yell at the screen and also be mad and go through all the emotions with us was so fun. So that's the joy of cinema. Uh, whether good or bad, bringing people together. Because you know what? Losers stick together, Jules. Hey, Want to do some gore factor for this thing? You bet your fur. Number okay. one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Number two, a puddle of blood. Number three, gross enough to go bluff. <laughs> Take two. Uh-huh. Enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bath of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. Clearly a five. This movie is bloody as fuck. I mean, you have Jessica Chastain actually swimming in like a pool of blood. Pretty good. No, a room of blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the shining. You yeah. know, like you're it's, like full splash. Yes, splash, bathroom splash. Stall full of blood. Splish splash. She's taking a bath. Um, all right. And a movie rating zero to four chainsaw or zero to five chainsaws. One if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse seen better. Four not too shabby. Five fantastic oracle. It's a four for me. It's uh not too shabby. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I and even with the long ass runtime of two hours and forty nine minutes, honestly, I looked down, I was like, Oh, okay. And it, I was over halfway through and I was like, All right, this is great. Um I didn't mind. I don't mind being in that world. I didn't mind seeing more. I always want to see a little bit more. Um, and like you said, I probably wanted a little bit more of them together mm -hmm. time. That's my only uh, only yeah caveat on that. I also gave it a four. Uh, so it's a well-made film. I can't deny yeah. that. It's just not what I want from this. So this film is the first in a, a round of films that we're going to be doing that is a clown round because Terry is terrified of clowns. So how do you feel about Pennywise? Do you feel he is a scary clown? Nah, he's not the scariest clown. I okay. think partly because um, he like shapeshifts and can be other things. And like, I think there's something about like, oh, he's going to be another form. Like that's not permanent. Like whatever he's got, like, I don't even know what his true form really is. You know what I mean? They're like, that's how he's presenting himself to us. But also like Bill could get it. So like, you know, it's difficult. <laughs> okay. All right. He's a hottie yeah he's too, hot. he's too hot he's too hot to be to be too scary yeah i mean that sexy pennywise thing we're kind of about it uh yep 
Yum. Uh, next in our clown round, we will be jumping to 1988 with uh, a movie that terrified both Terry and I. Uh, I was terrified of this movie as a kid. Cla- Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's yes, a fun one. The- I'm excited to talk about it quintessential clown movie when i think of horror clowns this is the one that comes up first and the most so mm-hmm. uh join us next week y'all for killers clowns from outer space space oh wait it uh, this was a killer clown from outer space too yeah it oh is oh my god right yeah it totally it, is okay well there you go well we're just keeping the theme going with clowns from outer space killing people it's, yay it's a killer okay, clown week. from outer space and i'm mad green green mad check us out on our internets we got our channels you love us we got patreon we got teespring we got twitter facebook instagram we love you killer clowns from outer space this week and next week huzzah yay bye thank you for listening Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Ryan. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horrormoviesurvivalguide.